Welcome. It's great to have you guys here. I want to say a quick hello to all of our campuses. Happy Mother's Day. Let's give it up for all the moms in the house right now at all of our campuses. We love you. Great to have you here. I want to say a special hello to all those who are watching online as well. Also, let's give it up for our God Behind Bars men and women. Thanks for being a part of our services today. Well, we always like to start with our mission statement, so let's say it together. What are we here to do as a church? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. Well, it's so great to have you guys here. Thanks for joining us today, and I am so excited. We finally beautified our stage, and we've got my gorgeous wife up here. Honey, thanks for joining us on stage today. Thank you. I just love moms. Any chance I have to be able to encourage or share some years of experience that I've had is just an honor to get to do this, so thank you for having me. Well, it's great. Sorry. It's great to have you here, and we, we love having you on stage, and just I, I know you always have so much wisdom to tell us, and so I'm sorry, I, I have just been told to upgrade to an iPad, and so here we go, so now I've got to figure this out. So, no, so I want to dive right in because you have so much to say. What, I'm just curious, just, you know, you've been raising me for years. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> so how many ladies know what I'm talking about, right? All the women are like, oh, yeah, we're raising him too. That's how that works, so. No, but, you know, what, I'm just curious what you think moms need to hear today. Well, I mean, as we saw in the video during worship, moms are always beating themselves up thinking, oh, I'm not doing a good enough job. I'm not a good enough mom. My kids are going to turn out terrible. I mean, it's like this constant loop in our head all the time that we're always worried about. I mean, every mom I talk to, they're so worried about that. I mean. You told me that, and I kind of doubted it, and I turned last night to another lady, and I was like, is that true? And she was like, yes. I will it's just okay. shocking to I mean, me. I'm well, like, as dads, don't y'all feel sometimes like, oh, I'm not doing a good job as a dad. I'm not doing what no, I should. No, we don't think that at all. <laughs> we don't. Let's be nice. <laughs> we, hardly, we hardly remember there's small people in our house. I mean, that's... I think y'all don't because you know we do enough worrying for y'all. So there's some psychological stuff going on there probably. There may be some truth to that. <laughs> yeah, but so... But what I have noticed over the years as I've grown and have friends and moms in different seasons of life, the moms that are older, their kids are already grown and released into life, I don't hear so much of the constant just beating themselves up. I'm not doing a good job. I'm not doing a good job. They, that, I mean, they worry about their kids. Trust me, they still worry, but they don't beat themselves up about it as much. And I think that's because those moms have the gift of perspective. So I want to share this illustration with you to show you what I'm talking about. And if we can put it up on the screens. So this really like up and down squiggly line, that's for the moms in the zero to 18 years of age who are still raising their kids. And it's like, oh my gosh, one day is great. One day is bad. One day is eh. Then one day is bad again, bad again. Good. And it's like, you're just like all over the map. You're like, am I making any progress? Is any of this working? It's like, you're just treading water, just trying to stay alive. But moms that have had years under their belts of raising their kids, they can pull back that lens and go, okay, you know what? We did make progress. Because you have years to look back over and say, okay, we did grow. The kids grew. They developed. I grew in my character. And so you have that beautiful perspective of time to look back on and say, we, are, we did make progress. So what I want to say to the moms in the zero to 18 years of age, you are making progress. You're just not able to pull back your lens and see it yet. You're stuck in the day-to-day -day of like a bad day, a good day, a bad day, a good day. So the squiggly so line is going up. It, it just is, time. yeah. I mean, they're there. It's increasing, but it's just not like you have to have time to see that it is. And so for moms who have raised kids, I'm going to tell you all, like, you are making progress. Trust me. You just need a few more years to see all that development, to have that courage to That's believe that. That's a good that. word. Yeah. Love that. It's a good word. So let me just ask you this. What would be some of your best advice for moms? Well, okay. I hate cliches. And what I'm about to say is a cliche because I always love it. Whenever I was young and I'd ask moms for advice, I would want some deep, profound 
wisdom. And so I hate that I can't give y'all something like really deep and profound, but this really worked for me is to choose your battles. And I say that because as moms, we have chaos all around us all the time. I mean, basically the words kids and chaos are synonymous, right? And so whenever you're able to choose your battles and just take out some of that chaos from your life, it just helps you have more peace. And so I'll never forget, the kids were about to become teenagers. They were in those years where they were almost teenagers. And I was just so tired of always arguing with them about cleaning their room, keeping their room clean. I was like, gosh, my kids are going to grow up, go away, and all they're going to remember is me nagging them about cleaning their room all the time. And so I, and it was also really stressful because it was me against three people. Because Bill would like be over there watching TV, and he had adopted this little motto in life. Don't like, look really good today, <laughs> by the way. He just adopted this motto in life, like learning to ignore things is the greater path to inner peace. And I was like, <laughs> I want to have inner peace. This is not fair. <laughs> so I mean, he could ignore them fighting. He could ignore any mess. And I was just like, it's How a do gift you do that, that we all have, don't we, men? It's a gift. Yes, we have. So that I found a mom that had these great teenage boys. They loved the Lord. They were serving in church. And I remember going up to her one day and I go, okay, look, I know this is a really random question, but I just say, do you make your boys clean their room? And she said, no. She goes, I just, if they want to live in that mess, they can live in that mess. I just shut the door. And I was like, oh, it's just like this burden just came off of me. And because I knew that as teenagers, there were probably going to be a lot more important battles I wanted to spend my energy yeah. on and, you know, arguing with them about yeah. instead of their room all the time. So I let that go. But it doesn't mean that, I mean, there weren't other battles I didn't choose, right? I mean, moms, you all know all the stories about all the little battles that we obsess about. Like one time Sophie wanted to wear her brother's Spider-Man costume to the grocery store. And for 30 minutes, Sounds gnashing reasonable. of teeth, crying, no, I want to wear it. I was like, no, you're not wearing it. Take it off. And so like I as a mom did the very thing that we hate. I invited that chaos into our family on my own because I wouldn't just let her wear the Spider-Man costume and choose my battles, you know? So... It's just, it can be from little things to big things. I mean, yeah. and obviously we had big battles too. I mean, there was a season where Cole was a teenager and trust me, the battles were much bigger than cleaning yeah. your room in a Spider-Man costume, okay? I mean, moms of teenagers, you know what I'm talking about, right? But, I mean, but that's why you choose the battles because those are the ones that really To save your energy for that, matter. yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, he was going through a season just being really rebellious and deceitful and partying. I mean, he was, it was bad. It was a really dark time and I was so frustrated with him and I had tried to lay out every discipline possible for him to get his attention. Nothing would work. He would trump mate me every time. I mean, checkmate me every time. And I was like, I've had it. And this particular night, it was a repeat offense. And you know, moms, like when the kids do something after you've told them four times not to do it, that's when you lose your cool. You're like, no, okay, this is a repeat offense. You're willfully doing this. Okay, we're done. So I remember just going up one night to his room and he liked to collect Air Jordans. And I started throwing them all in the pool. Because <laughs> I didn't know what them. else to do. Like Seven I was... <laughs> pair of Jordans. All of them in the pool. It was. I loved it. Like you're all embarrassed at this. I'm, I'm embarrassed like, saying she I was did. like straight up mafia. It was awesome. Because she was so calm. She's walking slowly up the stairs, calming. I'm like, oh, this isn't good. I don't know what's going down, but it ain't good. So. I. I mean, I'm saying this. I mean, I'm glad that you think that it was funny or good. But as a mom, <laughs> I, loved it. I regret it. I feel like I. I was did. behind her going, yeah. I feel like I didn't choose my battle well that night because all it did was put us in a cycle of him being angry and we were back in that cycle. But as a mom, I'm just saying you get your belly full sometimes and you're just like, I don't know what else to do to get your attention, you know. So yeah. that was not a battle that I chose well. But, I mean, he did grow through that and I mean, we did come out of that season. But So the lesson is, kids, obey your mom or your Jordans are going to the pool. No, 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 no. I'm not right. I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. We're going to make 
a lot of teenagers mad here. <laughs> They're going to be like, don't ever go to Church Unlimited again, Mom. <laughs> so that's not the lesson. But. Okay, so let's talk about the chaos because you talk about kids and chaos. Let's yes. just unpack okay. that for us. Well, okay, so as moms are always being told, you know, find calm in the chaos. Be calm in the chaos. And I was like, okay, that is a beautiful book title. That is a beautiful <laughs> blog title. But it is really hard to do in real life. Yeah. I mean, it is even now, like, even when your kids are older, even moms that have grown kids, there's still chaos. It's still hard to find that calm in the chaos. And so the goal that we need to be striving for as moms is to not let all the chaos that's going around outside of us get into the inside of us. Don't let it get into your heart and your soul and your mind. Keep it outside. It's like a boat when it's in the water. A boat isn't going to sink because of the water that's all around it. A boat is going to sink because of the water that gets inside of it. And so that's why we need to guard our heart and not let that chaos get in us because God wants to do things in our life and through us. And if we're all chaotic on the inside, he can't do what he wants to do through us. So keep that at bay. Hey, she's preaching now, guys. That's that's the word. (laughs) right there that's good the irony of the word chaos is that it's like a word that moms hate it triggers us but here's the irony of it the everyday chaos that we go through as a mom is what builds our character you know i mean motherhood doesn't get easier we get stronger and how do we get stronger because of the everyday chaos we learn to manage and that we grow through and so next time you're stressed out just go okay this is my friend it's growing me it's helping me become a better person i'm growing my character that's a good word. So how, how do you so so how do you stay calm? How do you personally stay calm in that chaos? Well, I mean, there's always an abundance of chaos, right? But I think mm-hmm. as women we forget there's also an abundance of God's peace and God's love, but for some reason we just forget that that's yeah. an alternative to run to as well, you know? And when Jesus was on earth and he was talking to the disciples and he said, Okay, I have to leave, I'm going to heaven in John sixteen seven, he said, I'm going to heaven, but don't worry, I'm gonna leave a helper here for you. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Well, that applies to us, too. He leaves the Holy Spirit for us as well to minister and be here for us since he can't be here on earth. And I love the way the Amplified Version of the Bible describes what they literally describe the helper, the Holy Spirit. And they say he is our comforter. He's our advocate. He's our counselor. He's our strengthener, our standby. And I don't know about you, but all those words just comfort me hearing those. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I'll take all of those. Please be all of those for me. And so when you take the time to be still and just go, okay, Lord, I'm just going to be quiet. I'm going to pray. I'm going to abide in the Holy Spirit right now and let you be those things for me. But also there's something really important that happens during that time. The Holy Spirit produces something in you, okay? Something is worked out in you, and it's something that you really need as a mom. And it's beautiful character traits he works out in you. And it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. In Galatians 5.22, they call that the fruit of the Spirit. And so when you're abiding and doing that, he's producing these things. And you're like, whoa, what mom doesn't need all that, right? And so, I mean... I just think as Christians, we're so blessed because we have these mom hacks, you want to call it the Bible, the Holy Spirit, to help us. I mean, if you're a mom that's not a Christian, I feel bad for them because, I mean, they are doing it on their own. But as moms, you know, as Christians, we have that. And so the next time you start to have that little thought we were talking about earlier, like, I'm not enough. I'm not being a good enough mom. You can just shoot that thought down right now and go, no, you know what? I'm living Galatians 5.22. I'm letting the Holy Spirit work in me and transform me. This is a lie, and I'm not going to accept that. And so I just want to encourage you moms with that. Like, that is something that we have that we can fight those lies down with. And also, I I want you all to know, this isn't just about moms, you know, how to be a godly mom. Galatians 5.22 is for all Christians, the teenagers, the dads, the husbands, the grandmas, everybody. It is about being a Christian. In the Bible, it says, they will know you by your fruit. Well, what does that mean? The fruit 
fruit of the Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian, people should know you're a Christian because you're living out the fruit of the Spirit. You're living out all of these virtues and becoming Christ-like. So that's for all of us, not just moms. Dropping that wisdom right there. It's good. It's a good word. I love it. Okay, so... I want to drill into something. This is, the, this is the humbling part for all of us, right? So what, and we could all be asked this question, but what's the one thing that you would have done differently? Oh, there's a lot of things I would have done differently. But uh, recently, one of the things I want to talk about right now, I've noticed that with my kids and some Gen Z generation and some young adults, I've just noticed that every little thing stresses them out or overwhelms them. It's just like just the basic day-to-day things that need to be done, you know, filling out long forms or just, you know, running errands. I'm like, why are you so overwhelmed by these basic things, you know? And Mm -hmm. um, so that is just concerning because we also know the stats are saying that there's a rise in, you know, suicide in young adults and teens and anxiety and depression. And I'm like, what is going on? Why is this just ticking up so much like that? And so it's very concerning because this next generation of Christian leaders that's growing up, I mean, they need to be spiritually and mentally strong to be able to take new ground for Christ, to be able to fight for God's truth. You know, I mean, we can't have them sitting around going, oh, I can't adult today. Oh, this is too... When I'm 80 in a nursing home, I want this generation to be mentally and spiritually strong to you know, to lead our country. So that's what's concerning to me is that mental resiliency. It's good. Love it. Well, unpack that for me. I know. So I have one more year left with Sophie before she goes away to college. So she's my guinea pig. I've been studying about mental resiliency. And so I'm like, okay, we're going to get you (laughs) mentally resilient before you go away. So some of the things I've been learning, there's about five things that you can do to build your mental resiliency. But listen carefully, y'all. This was convicting. When I was reading it, I was like, you know what? I mean, all of us need to be mentally resilient. Men, women, all of us. And so I was convicted when I was studying it because I was like, well, I can't really teach her to be mentally resilient and teach her to do hard things if I'm not doing hard things. And so I was like scared to death to even get up here and share with y'all because this makes me really nervous. But I was like, no, I'm going to do a hard thing to show her like you can do hard things. And so this was something that I was doing because it's terrifying for me to be up here she speaking. She doesn't even seem nervous, does she? I mean, look at it, she's She's doing amazing. Okay. It's so funny you well, think that, that. That's sweet. But anyways. Um, it's true. So, all right. So here are some of the things. So number one is do not encourage a victim mentality. And moms, that's, that's so hard. Because you know when your kids come home, you just want to, when they tell you about what their coach did or what their teacher did or their friend, you just want to like baby them and take their side. And No, do not encourage a victim mentality. Good. Next, they say to encourage a, per- like have them have a very strong purpose in their life. Like what is my purpose in life? Help them develop their purpose in life. Next, it says help them reach goals or teach them to reach goals. Because if you think about it, when you're reaching a goal, you're doing one hard thing a day. It's not easy to reach a goal, right? I mean, that takes work. And so I love this part of the research. It said that when humans do one hard thing each day, you're actually developing thoughts in your mind and your subconscious that are telling your brain, I can do hard things. I can do hard things. And so that's a much better subconscious thought rolling around in your mind instead of, oh, I don't feel like doing that today. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, I'm not any good at that. Because those are normally what's going around in our brain all the time. So when you're teaching your kids to do one hard thing a day, they start to learn, I can do hard things. And so I thought that that was really good. So poor Sophie, (laughs) every day, like whenever there's something she's complaining about, I'm like, you can do hard things. You can do hard things. I think she's getting tired of it. But um, 
And then the next one was just foster a sense of a habit of being gratitude, of gratitude and expressing gratitude to people. Like make that a habit of who you are and a habit of volunteering because when you are stuck in a rut and you're just all focused on yourself, imagine this big light shining on your thoughts and you're all about you all the time. I'm upset. This person made me mad. I can't do it. It's just this light shining on you and you're focusing on all these things about you you don't like or that upset you. Well, when you volunteer or you have um, an attitude of gratitude, you, sure, you shine that light out on other people instead of yourself all the time. So that, was, that builds that mental resiliency and you do not always be in a pity party about yourself. But think about helping other people. And... Listen, I'm not just saying the volunteering part because I'm a pastor's wife. Like, that was on the list. I did not throw that in. But, I mean, at church, we have plenty of opportunities for people yeah. to volunteer. And whenever I see a family out there in the atrium and they have all their volunteer shirts, like Kids Unlimited, or they're welcoming people or grading, I literally look at those moms in my mind and think, you get it. You are a good mom. This is what it's about. Even if I didn't go to church, even if I wasn't a pastor's wife, having your kids volunteer, you're modeling as a mom and dad this isn't all about you, honey. Like, we're going to help other people. And so when y'all serve as a family, you're already one step ahead of everyone else. You're already helping to build that mental resilience in your kids. So I just want to say thank you. Let's That's get up our special. volunteers, right? Amazing. You're so right, babe. You know, it's, it's true, too, with, when you volunteer. And I see moms and volunteering with their kids. You are literally raising winners when you do that. It's beautiful to see that. I love it. So one of the things I've noticed with, with us, um, and I, I'm, I'm curious if this goes beyond us. I think it does. But... That is that when, when our kids are going through a hard season, when they're having a tough time, you know, I, I experience it with them, but you internalize it. Yes. And I think that's a mom thing, that moms internalize the pain of their kids more than probably dads do. Yes, and I think it's just the way that God's wired us. I mean, the one downside to this very strong, unconditional love that moms have for their kids is that, like, we absorb y'all's pain. Like, when kids are going through a struggle or, or they're suffering, it's like we just become a shell of a person and we just absorb whatever you're going through. And it's not healthy. I'm not saying it's right at all. It's not. I mean, it's very unhealthy right. for us. But it's just we love our kids so much. We just take that all in. And it's almost impossible for a mother to even find joy, like, in life when her kid is really struggling or suffering through something. And so, I mean, I would say, gosh, I mean, it could be anything. I know moms, maybe your child is struggling with bulimia, or they're depressed or anxious or yeah. drugs or alcohol. I mean, the list can go on and on. But if you're a mom right now struggling, your child is struggling, I just want to tell you something that I think will help you. Ask yourself this question. How do I want this story to be told? Because one day you will be past this. You will be over it. And do you want to be able to look back and tell your story this way? Do you want to say, oh, well, I just spiraled into depression during that time, or I lost my faith, or I was riddled with anxiety? Or do you want to be able to say, no, you know what? I stood on the promises of God. I believed that God would be faithful Amen. even in the dark times, and I believed. That's right. Because we have a spoiler alert. We know that in the Bible, in Romans 8, 28, it does not say, be very careful when you listen to this, it does not say all things would be good. It doesn't say that. It says God will work all things for your good. And so let that give you confidence knowing like he's going to take these tears, these broken pieces, he's going to work them all together for your child's good or for your good. And so since you already know that that's going to happen, don't you want to be the mom raising your hand saying, yeah, that's me. I'm the one that believed. I knew God was going to come through and I believed. I mean, so just that really helps put it in a long-term perspective when you're telling your story one day, how do you want it to be told? That's so good. I love it. So good. So babe, I, I, 
I know you always talk about seasons of life and about how being a mother is all about the different seasons that you're in. So I want to do this in our last few moments together, and we're going to do like a, a speed round here. Okay. And I want to go through the different seasons. And just, I would love to, how many, how many ladies just want some pro tips? Like you just give us some mom pro tips of, that you've learned over the, over the seasons of raising kids. So, okay. so let's just jump right in okay, and well, start with. Well, first of all, let me just say, this yeah. is all from my perspective, my personality and our family dynamics. For you, it might be completely different. Like I just want to say real quick, the yeah. room thing. I have friends that, like, they would never choose that better. They're like, no, my kids are cleaning their room. And that's fine. But, I mean, that's part yeah. of motherhood. We have to all remember what works for your family, your energy levels, your dynamics, and choose your battles according yeah. to that. So I just wanted to put that out there. But anyways, okay, so let's start with first-time moms. Brand-new moms, okay? Like, brand-new baby, first-time mom, okay? For those, I would say... Um, well, first of all, remember that you have a husband because the second that baby comes, it's like the husband gets put to the back burner. It's like, oh, you're all in love and your husband is like your main thing. And then the baby comes. And you're like, oh, wait, wait. Okay, you go away. I need to take care of this baby. And so <laughs> I feel like new moms need to remember, like, you have a husband. Remember, because when you're a mom, I mean, it, it's hard to fathom this, but it's a temporary assignment, y'all. But your husband, that's like a lifetime commitment. And so just remember to always pour into your husband, too. That's right. I'm a life sentence. <laughs> No, not a life sentence, no. Um, But so for young moms, um, I just want to say, like, I feel like young moms get caught up and worried about the things that are not important at all. And let me just give you the perspective of that. Because I was one of those moms. I did do it. I remember when Mason was a baby, I had him on my hip one day, and another mom had a little baby, and we were talking, and she told her baby, okay, tell Jessica, what sound does the cow make? What, what sound does the pig make? And I just felt this huge black cloud come over me, and I was like, <laughs> Mason doesn't know his animal noises. Oh, my gosh. I'm a terrible mother. I mean, Because you know that's going to determine your success in life, is if you know you're... Listen, the dads are laughing and think it's the dumbest thing. When I told Bill this the other day... No, it is the dumbest thing. I don't think it's the dumbest thing. It is the dumbest thing. I know, now. But yeah, when you're okay. a young mom, you <laughs> do not think it's dumb at all. You're like, oh, my kids. Oh, my gosh, I'm horrible. I remember going home that Sunday wanting to cry, and I was like, I'm a horrible mother. <laughs> and we were busy planting the church in that season. And then you start blaming everyone else. You're like, it's this church. I'm spending so much time getting the church ready. My son is suffering. I mean, I really? I like that. It's you. It's you're like, the fault. You think your son is suffering because he can't make animal noises. Like, this is ridiculous. But it is what happens. I mean, it could, it could be rolling over, walking, talking, potty training. I mean, here's the deal. They're all going to walk and talk and use the bathroom. I promise you they will. But this is the Ma- part. I, just to confirm, Mason's 23. He can do all those things now. He can make his animal yeah. noises I and checked. use the bathroom. Yeah, he yes. can. He can. Yeah. But this is the part that you need to hear from an older mom. The thing, you're not seeing that your kid, when they're like 5, 8, 10, 12, 20, that beautiful heart that they're going to have, that God is going to yeah. put in them, that maybe they're like loving people and serving God, or that they're going to be a great athlete or a great artist. Like, you're measuring all the wrong things when they're little. These things don't matter. What's going to matter is when they're older, when they're doing, living out the God-given gifts and talents that he's putting in. These things don't matter. These are just milestones that everyone's going to get. Don't worry about those so much. Those are a given. They're going to happen. That's good. I love that. Now, you uh, told me something I thought was really funny, too, about pictures. This okay, is kind of funny. So the dads are going to think this is dumb, but moms will agree with me because we're sentimental. Okay. 
Moms, I'm going to tell you. Well, no, this is really for dads. This is when we tell the dads. Yeah. Um, start taking pictures of your wife and the baby in, like, not candid spots, but, like, really those sweet moments, like, where the baby's just asleep on her or she's giving her a bath because the mom's never in any pictures. Like, when I look back at pictures of the kids when they're babies, I have so many great pictures of Bill. Like, he'll be asleep and the Bible will be open on his chest and Mason Once will again, be Once again, I look here. really bad right and, now. Or, like, say, like, he's mowing the yard and there's a little picture of Mason behind him with a toy mower mowing the yard. And I was, like, capturing all these sweet moments there's no moments that the moms are ever captured in it's always like canned easter christmas we're all done up like moms want those moments where it's just like those sweet organic out of the blue tender moments uh, let me show you all a picture of an example really quick okay. um so bill loved disney world okay he loves disney world cool. and i thought oh I want to get a sweet picture of Bill with his son at Disney World. Because as moms, that's what we're thinking about, those sweet moments, right? So I have my big camera hanging around my neck. So I'm in the little Astro Orbiter spaceship in front of him. So I'm almost falling out of this thing, trying to get yeah. a picture. We don't like, even know where Mason is. Picture. He just wandered off. So yeah. And I'm like hanging out, and I'm not even enjoying the ride. I'm trying to get a beautiful picture of Cole <laughs> and Bill. Now, do you think he would have ever done that for me? No. Because no. <laughs> I'm enjoying the ride. I mean, it's the... We're on a ride. Have fun, you know? So, family members, if there's a single mom in the room, if you have family members or dads, like, capture those sweet moments with the baby and the mom because it's really sad when you look back on the pictures and there's hardly any pictures of the mom okay, and the now, baby. <laughs> to be fair, in defense of all the husbands in the room today, how many times I'd go take a picture and you'd say, what? My makeup's not done. My hair's not just right. My outfit. You know what I'm talking okay, about. Come so, on. All right. Okay. So, moms, <laughs> I'm going to chastise you because that was me. That's why there's hardly any pictures of me with my kids as babies. So, listen and learn from me. Let them take the picture. Who cares if your makeup isn't on or there's a coffee stain on your shirt? When you're 50, you're yeah. going to treasure that picture of that yeah. baby. You're giving them a bath or them asleep on your chest. Like, just let them take the picture. You're going to love it later. Trust me. It's a good word. Okay, so we're, we're rolling here. This okay. is good. So, what would you tell moms of elementary age kids? Okay, so I call this season of life the drill sergeant season of life as a mom because this is the season where they're going to school and they have homework and they have projects and oh, they I it's because you screamed and cussed at them no that's not that's not why <laughs> that's the teenage years oh that's no. teenage years okay <laughs> um, and so you're taking them everywhere there's everywhere they need to be so I mean literally in our house I turned into like a drill sergeant it was just like homework snack dinner okay teeth bath bed it was like do 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 just like general all the time yeah. and so um, one time, the reason I'm saying this is because one time I asked Cole a few years ago, what was your favorite memory of us growing up as me as a mom with you? And he goes, you know, the memory he had, I barely remember it, and it would never have stuck out in my mind as a special memory. But as a boy, through his eyes, he said, Mom, I love that time we were in the kitchen, we were having a water fight, and you were squirting me with the water hose from the sink, and I was squirting you. And I was like, that's your favorite memory? And I was like, I took you to every children's museum in Texas, took you to every theme park, had elaborate birthday parties for you. None of that was his favorite memories. And I say this to say, lean into the unplanned, organic, natural moments of fun. Just being messy, just being silly. Don't try to push those moments off. Lean into them. Take your Jill Sargent hat off for a minute and just lean into those fun moments because those are the moments, the unplanned ones, the yeah. natural, organic ones that your kids are going to remember the most. And I wish I would have had more of those. I had my Jill Sargent hat on a little bit too much, I well, think. I'm glad you said it because I want my money back from all those museums I had to go to. <laughs> Bill oh was goodness. so bored, I would drag the kids oh, to museums. Like, you have to look excited. I was like, okay, And I'd look excited. at him, he's like... Oh, I don't want to be here. <laughs> and Mason, the only thing he remembers from any museum is like, look, that lady's naked there too. I was like, oh my God. Every naked picture he remembers. It's incredible. So.
It's amazing. Pray for Mason. Okay, so... All right, so here's my next one. And it's a great point, though. You're right. The memories, it's in the moment. I think it's well, really beautiful. It's the unplanned stuff. Yeah. Don't worry so much about the planned. And just know there's going to be, God, life is going to give you a lot of normal moments. Lean into those and don't be so worried about the routine, not so much. So good. Okay, so what would you now say to mothers of teenagers? Okay, so I think a lot of teenage moms need to be encouraged um, because you just look at your kids sometimes and you're like, what are you doing? What are these choices you're making? Do you even love Jesus anymore? Has God, like, what's going on? And yeah. so I want to encourage you with Philippians 1, 6, and it says that he who began a good work in you will complete it and carry it on until the day Jesus Christ comes back. It's good. So if your child is a Christian, has accepted Christ, God promises us in that verse, he says, I started it. I started that work. I'm going to complete it. I will carry it through. You don't have to worry about that anymore. And so that's just relaxing that's and good. calming to know, like, Okay, God hasn't given up on you. He's going to keep working on you, and he is going to bring it to... I mean, this can even be for moms who have a 40-year-old kid, you know, or a 30-year-old kid. Like, if your child is saved, that is something God is going to bring to completion. So let that... Let, rest in that, please. That's a good word, you know, and... and we do, we do get worried about our kids, especially the teenage years. Think about it. Did you make good decisions your teenage years? I mean, most of us made really dumb decisions. So I think it's very common. I love one of your greatest strategies that I always think, I just laugh when I see you doing it, is the, what you, you call it the, call, lion, the call, lion weight. I call it the lay, the lay and weight strategy. So as teenagers, so funny. they all, I mean, okay, well, let me just say this first. Um, we obviously need to be praying for our kids, right? And yeah. um, we, we we fast for them, we pray over them, we bring them to church. But even with all that, you need to be one step ahead of those little suckers because they will checkmate you. Little suckers and is true. Loophole you. We called Mason Loophole Larry. If there was a loophole, he was going to find it, it, right? So um, I was so excited. To, I was reading a parenting book and I was so excited to find this new parenting trick or play or hack with the kids as teenagers because they always would outsmart us. And so I call it lay and wait because you have to be patient and wait for the right moment. So let's say it's a Tuesday and you're asking your child to mow the yard, right? And inevitably, it's always like, oh, I have homework. All of a sudden, they care about homework when you ask them to do something, right? Isn't that amazing? Exactly. So of course, we fall for it. Oh, okay, go do your homework. I'll mow the yard later after my homework. You're like, okay, so Wednesday, you come home after work. The yard isn't mowed. Well, instead of raging and getting all mad, just, just ignore it and stay calm and lay and wait because inevitably on Friday that same child will come to you and say, hey mom, can I have some money to go? Do or hey mom, can you take me to sunset? And that's when you go, you know on Tuesday when I needed you to help me out to mow the yard, I'm not really going to be able to help you out tonight. <laughs> and it is the best feeling to finally be able to checkmate them. <laughs> exactly. I love it. Okay, now one of the funny things, you know, we have a, our daughter is the youngest. She's, she's our one teenager still in the house. Okay. And so kids are good about doing the whole like, oh, you're so weird or you're so mean, mom. All the other moms and dads are cool, but okay. not you. All How right. many guys know what I'm talking about? Like, it, <laughs> yep. I just want to tell all the moms right now, do not let them divide and conquer us, okay? All moms have the same moral compass. All moms have the same values they want for their kids. None of us want you addicted to your phone. None of us want you having apps that you shouldn't have if you're being right. deceitful or you don't, you're not mature enough to use them. All moms really want to protect and take care of their kids. So that's just not true when they're coming home going, you're the only mom and you're so weird. Like literally Cole calls me weird mom to this day because he thought I was so weird with it's all the restrictions. It's just a habit now. He just literally said, hey, weird mom. No, like, he what? came in two nights ago and now it's, 
hi, insanely weird mom. Now it's insanely weird. And I was like, hi. (laughs) Because they just want to make, break you down and think, you're just weird or you're just wrong. No one else does this. And it's not true. All moms are trying to raise their kids the right way and have rules. Don't let them divide and conquer. But um, I remember when Sophie was turning 13 and she was about to go to her first high school event where she was a teenager. And all the other years she had dressed in her little girl clothes and her little Bermuda shorts that were real, you know, they weren't, they were um, conservative. Yeah, they weren't booty shorts. No, and so she wanted to have... She wanted teenage girl yeah. shorts to go to yeah. camp in. And I was like, uh, I'm not liking what I'm seeing. They were all like Daisy Dukes and their little butts were hanging out. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't really think I want you wearing those. You're only 13. And she's like, Mom, please. All the other kids are wearing them and all the other moms with their girls are. I'm like, I just really don't feel comfortable with this. So I took her to Talbot's, which is an old lady store. <laughs> she was 13. And I went to the petite section and found a size zero little denim shorts that were very conservative. I mean, they were short, but they were tailored. And I was like, these, these are the ones we're going to buy. And I felt this tap on my shoulder and it was a lady that worked there. She goes, "Um, ma'am, there's a store that sells clothes for her age, like three stores down. I was like, no, I'm purposely buying these shorts. I want these shorts for my daughter. I don't want the shorts down the... Yeah, well, thanks for telling us about Hoes R Us down the street. (laughs) We appreciate that. A break. Can you say that in church? I don't know if you... Y'all pray for me. You know I'm only half saved. It's okay. It's all right. No, but even <laughs> even the stores, even the regular stores don't sell decent. Thanks a lot. I'm gonna hit. Okay, so we need to rein this back in. Okay, so anyways, um, on a more serious note, um, I have a friend that I just love and I have just admired um, what she's doing as a mom and how God's working through her. And I thought, oh, Mother's Day is the perfect day to share her story. So I would love to share her story with y'all right now. Check this out. My name is Sabrina Cotham. I have been married to my high school sweetheart for 11 years. We um, had three biological sons of our own, Ian, Bryson, and Zane. And in October 25th of 2019, we finalized our adoption of Gunnar, Teakin, and Sawyer. Um, so we are now a blended family of six. I knew God was calling us to adopt children actually very early on. In John verse 14 through 18, it was very clear and direct. And it just spoke directly to my heart. It says, I will take in the orphans, I will come to you. And I took that verse personally. I wanted to live that out. And um, I was very, very obedient in the process of being called to that. Uh, We got a phone call seven days before Christmas in 2017. And it was our first placement. So you're excited, you're nervous. And they called us about two little girls. And I'm thinking, okay, that's two, not one, that's two. So we prayed about it and we felt a really direct yes. Um, from the Lord and so we moved in that and we got our precious Tegan and Sawyer um, and they got their first Christmas with us it was so amazing and then a week after Christmas we received another phone call that they had a brother and um, he was separated from our sis- his sisters so we immediately knew that we had to bring him to be with his sisters so here we are going from three sons to three additions it was a very much an important thing for my husband and I to have them together we knew that they were just the, the puzzle piece to fit our family My advice for any mother that's considering adoption would be to take the steps to foster. It is absolutely a calling by God and listening to that and receiving that for what it is. And it's very scary. The first day that Gunnar, Tegan, and Sawyer called me mom, it was actually different for all three of them. 
But I remember the first time receiving, we were in our kitchen and we were actually making cookies. And um, it was a very nonchalant, Mom, are we gonna do the Nestle cookies? For Gunnar, it was a little different. Um, you know, he had a lot more time spent in um, the home, his previous home. So I think built on relationship with him was a little different. But the first time that he called me mom, it meant everything. And it was actually at um, our oldest Ian's uh, basketball game. And I don't even know if he remembers it, but um, we were actually sitting in the stands and he was asking to go get food from concession. And um, he said, mom, can I have some money for some popcorn? And I know no one really understood it then, what it meant, but when I received that and I looked at my husband, it's like those moments are everything and truly are unforgettable. Wow. I know, everybody's crying. Make you cry right there. Well, I mean, especially us, because we adopted Sophie, and so adoption is so yeah. near and dear to heart. I'm just praying right now. I purposely showed this video because I hope that somebody in this audience, I'm yeah. going to cry right now, think about it, would feel led to um, do foster care because there's so many kids that could use it. So, I mean, if there's just God's tugging in your family's yeah. heart to do that, I highly recommend it. I think it's such a ministry and such a great thing. And maybe today's sermon is God leading you. Like, yeah. I need a sign. Yeah. Lord, we're praying about it. We're not sure. But hopefully Sabrina's video would encourage y'all to do that. So, Well, listen, honey, it's so great to have you up here. Thank you so much for coming up. Thank you for being an amazing mom. You know, your words are so powerful, but it's not what you say. It's who you are. Thank you. And thank so you. thank you for also being the mama of the house here at Church Unlimited. We love you and we're grateful for you. You guys thank give you. it up for Jessica. Thank you, babe. Love you. So good, so good. I want to take a moment if I can and just have a, a moment of prayer because I know that Mother's Day is a great day of celebration. I love having Jessica up here, but I also know that just because it's a great day of celebration doesn't mean it's a great day for everyone. Some people, Mother's Day is very difficult. And maybe for you, you are in an estranged relationship with your children. You haven't talked to them in years, or maybe you haven't talked to your own mother in, in years, or maybe you love your mother dearly and you no longer have them with you. And so we know this is a tough day for a lot of people. We understand that. And so right now, if you fit the bill and anything I just said, you say, man, this is just a hard day for me. If that is you, I want to ask you to do something. We're just going to be a little bit bold here in church today because we want you to know there's a church that loves you, a community all around you. So if that's you today, would you lift your hand up so we can pray for you? And so just lift your hand. If you say, this is just a hard day, just hold your hand high. Would you do all of our campus right now? If you're online, you can put my hands raised and people online in the chat will pray for you too. And so right now, just lift your hand high. Would you do that? And those of you who are anywhere near someone's got a hand up, would you just reach over and put your hand on them and pray for them? And we're going to pray for them right now because we know this is not an easy day for some of you. And so it's okay to move around. Thank you. I love that. And so someone's just going to come put their hands and just pray for you real quick, okay? Lord, I thank you for those who are here today who are celebrating Mother's Day. Lord, even when it's a tough day, God, I thank you, Lord, that you are with them, that you carry them through these tough days, through these tough moments. Lord, I pray for the person who hasn't talked to their children in years. I pray for the person who hasn't talked to their mother in years. I pray, God, that you would begin to bring healing, supernatural healing, like only you can. And Lord, I pray for those who their mothers have already gone on before them. Lord, I pray that they would know that their mother is in heaven, smiling down upon them. Lord, we thank you for the many years that we did have them, God. I pray, Lord, for your grace to carry us through this day. Thank you, God, that you are with us. In your name we pray. 
Amen. I want to do, do, just take a moment if we can. Yeah, it's just such a special moment. Thank you again. And uh, we never close our services without giving you an opportunity to receive Christ. So if you've never prayed to receive Christ, you know, my wife was talking earlier about she feels sorry for someone. She feels bad for someone who's, who's going through parenting and maybe even through a tough season. It doesn't have the Lord. It doesn't have to be that way. You can actually have Christ with you everywhere you go. And so it's real simple. God sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for your sins and for mine. He died on the cross and he rose again from the grave proving that he's God. Now he waits for you and I to receive him. You can pray this prayer. We're going to pray it out loud right now across all of our campuses. You can just bow your heads real quick. And in this moment, you can pray this prayer and receive Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Just say this with us. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart, be my Lord, and be my Savior. Thank you, Jesus. For saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.